This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hear me? I did. I heard you. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need. You just say that and they show up. They come jumping out of a shrub. Oh, cool. No matter where you are in life, when you need the coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, my name is Michael Keaton Douglas, because my real name is Douglas. Is that true? Yes. And I feel so happy about being here and being Conan O'Brien's friend. The first part, I feel a little stronger about. But I feel okay about the second part. Wait, the second part being being my friend? Yeah. And the first part being you're happy that you're Michael Keaton. I think anybody would be thrilled to be Michael Keaton. Yeah. And then the part about being Conan O'Brien's friend. It's good. It's it more doesn't okay. compare to being Michael no, Keaton. No, no. What, what does? <laughs> Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand new shoes. Walk in blues. Climb the fence. I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I think we have a fantastic episode today. I really do. I agree. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm very jazzed about uh, this episode and the guest we have on today. So I don't want to take too much time with my voice, I, I, you know, up front. I know usually we kill some time here. And, and sometimes if I loathe the guest, I really go on and on. Have you ever noticed that, Matt? Oh yeah, remember we had Joe the Plumber on and you just went for 50 minutes? Yeah, and I just read off the periodic table of elements. <laughs> and the time we had the My Pillow guy on, and I didn't want to talk to him and I thought it was a bad booking because he's clearly insane. I do remember that, but do you also remember how surprising it was that the My Pillow guy was a great guest? He was fantastic and politically in line. And then he told the best stories oh, so good. about his times at sea uh, and how he used to, I, I didn't know he built his own boats and, and took them out into the North Atlantic. And then that fight he had with the sea serpent, what a fantastic guest. So that was on me. I yeah. regret. And no free pillows. Can you believe that shit? They're filled with asbestos. I suspect it, to be honest. Yeah. I guess when they tear down an old mill and they have to get rid of the asbestos, they just, he stuffs it into pillows. <laughs> um, now, listen, I don't know if that's actionable, uh, <laughs> the previous comment was meant as parody only and not to be taken seriously. The views of Conan O'Brien do not reflect Matt Gorley's sonum obsession and Adam Saxon. <laughs> Matt Gorley is a huge fan of my pillow and a known Trumper. Um, look, that's on you. You're the only guy I know who has a tweed manga cap. Hello! <laughs> that! You finally got me because that's how I actually dress. How are you, Matt? I'm pretty good. Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's it's a different dynamic when Sona's not here. Yeah. Yeah, of course, raising these uh, twins. She sent me a picture of both of them wearing suspenders. What? And pants. And Wait, literally their diapers? Oh, they're pants. weeks old and they're wearing tiny little trousers with suspenders and they have comb overs and they, they look <laughs> like they're sitting in an old folks home. <laughs> and they're pissed about this new rock and roll music. And I was howling and I was texting back and forth with her. I try not to call Sona because I'm always afraid that, I mean, she has twins. So yeah. what's- 
maybe one of them just got to sleep or the other one just got to sleep or they both just got to sleep and then the phone rings and it's me saying, where's my coffee? She's busy taking care of all those grandparents that are taking care of those I two know. kids. I didn't know that in their culture, you can have 60 grandparents. <laughs> that's something That's something that can only happen if you're Armenian, but she has 60 Armenian grandparents and uh, she has not held the child, either of the children herself yet. Yeah, her family they, multiplies uh, the opposite way. To they're like tribbles. They're, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> they're like tribbles. <laughs> Remember that episode where Kirk opens up a storage bin yeah. and 65 Armenian grandparents come falling out? <laughs> the trouble with Armenian grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, by this point, if she was on the podcast, she would have probably rolled her eyes Sona rolls her eyes so forcefully you can hear it on a podcast. Yeah, you can hear, I have to edit it out. You can actually hear the ocular jelly moving rapidly in its orbits. <laughs> Did you know that I had access to the phrase ocular jelly? I don't think any human has unlocked that phrase before, so that's really impressive. Ocular jelly. He was struck so hard in the back of the head. The ocular jelly evacuated its space. Um, here's another word that I'm fascinated with, another phrase. Yeah? Dynamic ad insertion. Oh, you're learning about podcasting. Yeah, Bob I don't know Rowe? anything about podcasting. And then the other day, uh, and I'm very proud of the fact that I, I really am just a chimp they put in a spacecraft, but I'm inside going, <laughs> just, uh, and and you are furiously, you're an expert at these things, Gourley. So you're, you're, you and your your team are expertly keeping us in orbit uh, I think it was Adam Sachs was talking to me and he said, well, yes. And of course, now uh, now that we have dynamic ad insertion. And I said, what? And I guess that's the way that you guys put ads into a podcast. Oh, I don't have anything to do with it. I think it's just as ridiculous oh, as you do. Oh, you don't sell your hands. Oh, no. Oh, God, no, 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 no. You're an artist, Todd Gourley. <laughs> You're an artist. You don't sell yourself with filthy commerce. Even though behind you, I see... 10 more guitars you've purchased and hung on the wall. Oh, me? I don't like dynamic ad insertion. Now where's my fucking check for the podcast? Adam Sachs is actually available. Adam, and I know you hate being on mic. Do I have to know the term dynamic ad insertion? I think you should. Why? Because it's the lifeblood of this podcast. It's what keeps it's But it sullies me. I'm just a nymph flitting through the forest, spreading my angel dust. You want to hang this giant money belt around me that weighs me to the ground. No, sir. Here's what I've learned. Everything involves an algorithm. Does it involve an algorithm? Yeah. I don't think this does. It does? It could. It could. <laughs> it could. <laughs> oh, wait. So, Matt, you don't know what it is. I do know what it is, and it doesn't What is it involve... then, Mr. Wise Guy? It's you pre-program an ad to run in a certain spot in the episode for a certain amount of downloads. So you can put like a, a Magoosh ad for 250,000 downloads. Magoosh! To go... Yes, yeah. but, there, but there could be an algorithm like geotargeting, for example, if you wanted that Magoosh ad to run for people who live in the Northeast only. Wait a minute. Is this getting into that creepy Facebook you know, area where we know that the person downloading from this area or from this URL is probably a jogger. So, you know, we're going to run our ad for joggies underwear <laughs> for when you're jogging. Is that the kind of creepy bullshit we're getting it's into? Not, it's, like, part of that. it's not nearly that sophisticated yet, but I think that's the goal is that eventually. Oh, there. oh, so you're disappointed that we're not able to do that yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I get it. I think the lead that's buried here is this product joggies underwear. <laughs> Um, this sounds like a gold mine to me. Well, I just, it just flew off the top of my head, but as I'm speaking, I am using my computer to file a patent for joggies underwear. <laughs> I can see you on the Zoom. You have a pen and a yellow legal pad. That is, that is <laughs> I actually do. I have no computer. Get. I have a legal pad <laughs> and I have a pen and that's what I have. But to me, that is a computer. With my imagination, I can do just as much as any computer. Um, enough dynamic ad insertion. Please. And I hope, I hope that we can keep this podcast pure. I agree. Let's keep it pure. Wait a minute, Adam, you're literally wearing a ball cap that says podcast on it. I had not seen this before. <laughs> oh my God. And the sure. S has a dollar sign on it. <laughs> Is that a gold tooth? <laughs> He's got a grill. Oh my God. Adam, when did you get a grill? Uh, after the Barack Obama episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. Sorry. Oh. Lovely daughters on the Zoom. 
Oh, there's your daughter. Oh, yes. And Al Adams think, oh, she just, she's beautiful. And she just handed Adam a lovely drawing she made. And all Adam can think is, how do we monetize it? His daughter's actually an algorithm. Yeah. Can you wave? Her name's Al- Algorithma. Hi, Algorithma. How are you? Can you say hi? Yeah. Adam's trying to figure out a way to dynamically insert her drawing into 700,000 episodes. <laughs> We can't waste time. No, we can't. I say that all the time, and I say it when we have even guests like the My Pillow guy, who, no. by the way, we did not have on. Stop looking. We're reaching out, though. Yeah, he's. Oh, oh we're trying. I'm calling him nonstop. I am uh, delighted that uh, this gentleman is on the show today. Uh, my guest has starred in such iconic films as Batman, Beetlejuice, Night Shift, and Birdman, just to name a few. Uh, he has two new movies. The Protégé in theaters Friday, which I saw and I really loved, and Worth on Netflix September 3rd. He also has a new limited series, Dope Sick, premiering October 13th on Hulu. I really do love this guy. I love his work. Delighted, absolutely delighted that he's here. I'm thrilled he's with us. Michael Keaton, welcome. I'm going to say that I've long been a, a, a huge admirer of yours and your career arc, which is completely unique. I don't Thank really, you. I honestly don't think anyone has done what you've done, uh, what you started in, and all the ways that you've defied expectations over time. And then I have the strange experience of bumping into you every now and then. Right. And every time that's happened, I've been a little like, I mean, I meet a lot of people. Yeah. But I step outside myself a little bit and go like, oh, shit, that's Michael Keaton. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. And then I take a swing at you, which is me. Showing sort of, affection, kind of. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know oh. what it is. It's me reacting to, in some way, uh, I don't want to be the guy who fawns over you. Right. So I go too far the other way. Yeah, yeah. You overreact. You over, yeah, I get it. That, I start, that explains. Start just, pushing you and shoving you. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually seen, like, you inspired me. A number of years ago, I was walking down the street in my neighborhood, and this guy who's very fit goes jogging by and stops and says hi to me, and it's you. You had yeah. a baseball cap on. Yeah. You said, do you live in this neighborhood? And I said, yeah, I live right over there. And you went, specifically what house? <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm that house over there near those hedges. And you went, I could get in there. And it was really funny. And but but kind of creepy too. No, no, no. It was pure fun. It was, it was 95% funny and 5% creepy because I think you did come back. Yes. <laughs> and then, but afterwards I thought, okay, Michael Keaton, he runs. Yeah. I'm going to start running. Oh, I really? started running because you run. I'm That's, serious. No and when kidding? people ask me why I run, I go, I saw Michael Keaton running. He always looks good. He's always in shape. I got to start running. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, seriously, good for you. Um, well, let me tell you something that you don't know, because I here's the other thing. I was coming up the, the street. Mm-hmm. It was COVID time. Mm-hmm. And hey, by the way, that, uh, that's catchy. Isn't it? Hey, everybody, it's COVID time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made it sound really nice. Yeah, I did. Like a segment yeah. on Mr. Rogers. It sounded really friendly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's or, COVID time. Yeah. Or a good, good morning to you. Hey, it's COVID time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check out the COVID. A lot yeah. of COVID on the 405 freeway coming up north. <laughs> right. Right. No, I was coming up the street and I was either on a bike or, or on the sidewalk and it was COVID time. Time and I thought I need to be respectful of everyone here and get out of the way. And I see a person walking to me, tall person, and with another person who was pretty tall, younger. And I go, well, I'm just going to get to this point and then I'm going to get out of their way and let them come through and be polite and get out in the street and move around. And then this person turned out to be you and I think your son. Yes. And we, I had a mask on and you had masks on, I think. And I go, hey, and I didn't. I thought, this is this is really one of those weird things. I go, well, was I just the dick because I made them move off? And am I have to kind of have to have a conversation about that? And I thought, just keep running and shut the fuck up. Just keep running and don't make this. I remember issue. that, and I was really offended. <laughs> you should have said something. I remember. I, sh- I know. And my son said, "What was that all about?" And I said, "That was Michael Keaton because he and, vibed it. He felt it. Yeah, he felt it, yeah. and uh, totally. Uh, yeah. And and he was it's, he was past tense a big fan." <laughs> 
But he's so, been affected by it in terms of schooling and everything, I'm sure. He probably, his grades dropped off after that. Yeah, and they've opened his school up. He's allowed to go back. He never went back. And it was all because he got dissed by Michael Keaton <laughs> in a COVID tense yeah. situation. So now you know what it's like to be me. I know what it's very much what it's like to be you. <laughs> I know exactly what it, you know, I will say this, I, uh, and I've gotten to know you a little bit and uh, you've hung out at my house yep. uh, sometimes. And hung around your house, which is different than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> no one pe- no one peers through a hedge like you. No. You've got those eyes that just haunt me. But um, Seriously, I have to tell you something that I almost yeah. did and I thought, now if this doesn't work and if it's not funny, it is uncomfortable. But one day I thought I heard as I was running by, I thought by the way, this is way too much information for people no, out there. Okay. No, no. People need to hear people need to hear exactly what our lives are like. Okay. And I thought I heard your voice and I thought, well, if it's him. I know what I want to do, but what if it's not him? Or what if he doesn't? And I was going to say something like, hey, 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 hey. I was assuming there you'd stop and there'd be uncomfortable silence. Right, right. And I'd say something like, you know, hey, this is a nice neighborhood. Keep it down. (laughs) (laughs) And then then keep on going and just never say anything until later. And you go, who's up? Fuck. <laughs> Who tells me? <laughs> no, no, no. I would know it was you. You're fairly recognizable, you know, and uh, I would be delighted by it, you know? I mean- uh, Well, I didn't do it. You didn't do it. No, I, think, I didn't, didn't go for the gag. Well, I've always thought that you would have been a really fun kid to hang out with if I was a kid. I bet you were a fun kid. That is such a compliment. I'm not kidding you because I think like that. I think like you're thinking right now because I hope I was. Yeah, because I still am friends with- some uh, guys that I was like altar boys with and and even some of my, yeah, guys I grew up with. This is back uh, in like rural rural Pennsylvania. Yeah, like I grew up outside of Pittsburgh between mill, what are known as mill towns. You yeah. know, like one was a kind of like, there were steel mills and, you know, something like that. And then what people in the old days would call a railroad town. And, and in between, it was pretty rural. Uh, you know, we were kind of country kids, but my mom was from, this one section of very, you know, very tough part of just outside of Pittsburgh, you know, hardcore Roman Catholic. Wow, I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but I like it. So my dad was kind of a country guy, country boy, and he was Protestant. And so I grew up in this right there just outside of Pittsburgh. And, and I, I have really, really good memories. And I went to Catholic school. But, you know, back then, that was kind of, I talked to my kid, Sean, about this all the time. That was a big deal that my mom married a Protestant. I think it was bigger on the Catholic side. Oh, that was huge. Huge. Huge back in the day. Yeah, man. I mean, today it sounds ridiculous. Anyone listening right now thinks, what are you talking about? Yes. People have bridged so many gaps, but, uh, you know, my grandmother lived with us when we were growing up and in her generation and my mom's generation, for a Catholic, there was no choice. Like my mom was going to marry another Catholic, which she did. Right. And today, I mean, I always joke that I'm the one that went wild in my family. Yeah. You know, I got jungle fever because uh, my wife uh, is Episcopalian, you know, and that I went to the, I went to the crazy side. Yeah. yeah. And I really went, you know, and I was ostracized, but that's back in the day was not done until fairly recently. And do you think it was bigger on the, uh, well, it would have been bigger on the, Prote- well, I'll say the Protestant side, you know, right. the Presbyterian side than it was on the Catholic side. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was bigger to my mother's father and mother than it was to my dad's mother and father. Yes. But I don't know that. I'm going to guess it would be a bigger deal for Catholics because Catholics really hardcore go down with the idea of yeah. hell, yeah. damnation, yeah. forever writhing in a lava of yeah. flames. Yeah. So um, if you transgress- yeah. It's going to be worse for the Catholic. Yeah. You know, the Protestant is going to be, he's going to die and uh, probably go to heaven and maybe get one less gin and tonic than you <laughs> normally get. <laughs> That's the big punishment. Perfect choice of yeah. a drink. So you grow up, so you grow up and you're, and you're a kid, I mean, yeah. because you have, you've always had, in all your performances, you have so much energy and you have so much light in your eyes. And even like when I, see you in the on the street or talking to you now you've got this light in your eyes that i think has always sort of defined you and this 
seemingly the seeming sense of fun. I got to think Michael Keaton as a kid with his friends. What are you doing? Are you out playing? Yeah, I, what what we're doing is I'm I'm up in the morning. I'm the youngest of seven, and so there was a period where it was just me out playing out in the yard or just take off. And the independence was unbelievable, an unbelievable gift to me. But there were also some local kids uh, that, you know, I would, you know, we would play and, you know, just mostly out in the woods or inventing things. Um, it's kind of frightening if I started to think about, not frightening, but when I think about, well, I'll, I'll tell you, and this is true, and you might say, wow, he needs serious help. I distinctly remember being with this one kid who couldn't play as hard as I could. Mm -hmm. He couldn't go the distance of imagination, of putting in the hours all day. I wouldn't even go home for lunch sometimes. My parents wouldn't worry about me. I'd show up at some point because they were, by the time I came around, they went, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. When you have six, seven kids, that's what was the thing in my family too is they were, I think they said, okay, we got volume here. And <laughs> right. uh, if, if, the, if the middle one, Conan, wanders off and doesn't come back, we've got a lot of backup. <laughs> we, we won't even go looking for Plus, him. there's the understood thing of one of your brothers and sisters will cover for you or look out for you to some degree yeah. and, and, and look out for you, by the way, is in air quotes because, you know, that's a relative thing. <laughs> but I would do that. And one day I said to him, you know, this one kid I'd play with would always quit early and I and I wanted to go, man. I either had like little six shooters or army guns or something I was playing. And I go, wait, wait, don't go yet. Don't go yet. I made him. I said, stay here. We're going to act out what is now called a trailer, but in the old days it was called previews, to what we're going to do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So you said to this kid, you're like 10, 12 years old. And not you said, even. Not, not even. even. Okay, no. you're younger than that. You're like eight. And you said, wait yeah. a minute, before you go, we've got to figure out what the highlights are for tomorrow's episode. <laughs> like, stay tuned, you know? How, how nuts is that? How wow. crazy. Well, I can kind of relate because I distinctly remember not doing that, but I remember uh, playing with other kids. And again, we had a neighborhood where you could run around and play and, you know, your parents didn't have to know exactly where you were. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remembered when the day was over and I was walking home, imagining credits coming down. And I honestly did. I'm not kidding. So I imagined great. credits coming down so and I'm thinking, great. well, who's in these fucking credits? Yeah, like, yeah. there is no gaffer. There is no grip. No. There is no wardrobe by Botany 500. There's yeah. no, I mean, like there's none of that. Botany 500. Remember that? On the, end so of sh- on the end of shows, it used to say, yes. Dick Van Dyke's wardrobe by Botany 500. And I'd always think, I've got to get a suit from Botany 500. <laughs> That's such a great observation because you're right. That's right. That was considered, wow, Botany 500. That's yes. sophisticated and cool. And I never, you don't know what that was, but I just knew that. But at the end of shows, there used to be very few credits and there used to be written by, this is the person who played the neighbor. And then it would say wardrobe for Mr. Van Dyke yeah. or wardrobe for whatever show you're yeah. watching. And it would say, you know, and I remember Botany 500 always coming up and thinking, I actually put it into a Simpsons episode once. Oh, that's funny. I showed the end of a, I wrote, I wrote a Simpsons script and at the end it, there's a little thing where Bart's, it says, and it says uh, wardrobe, I think by Botany 500. And I remembered one of the writers at The Simpsons, who was, who was my boss at the time, who were like, yeah, Botany 500. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, okay. But how, that's, and honestly, th- then we relate because I actually think that's cool for a little kid to image credits coming down because that means your head is working on, like, didn't you always kind of feel like, yeah, I'm, I am part of my pals or my group, but I'm not really like you and I, I hate to blow up that kind of, well, I was an outsider or I never felt like, but there, to some degree, I'll bet you felt like, I'm not quite in sync with everything quite. Oh, and guess what? Oh, Your coffee's here. How about Come that? Come on in. And you're going to hear this. This is happening right now in the studio. Yeah. A coffee. It's bringing bring body in for Michael Keaton. <laughs> he can't get in because he's he locked out. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm not going to open the door. You have to try and, David, you have to figure out a way to get yeah. into the door with Mr. Michael Keaton's coffee. And you have 30 seconds. seconds. <laughs> 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 I love it.
love that you were. We should have made you have to bang your way in. Just keep yeah, going. what yeah, if you heard keep... glass breaking? Yeah. And then you... <laughs> yeah. But it was unrelated. He was just robbing jewels next door. <laughs> let's give him a lot. Yes. Let's just, you just got a coffee. You got here and you, you needed some caffeine. So uh, David Hopping, uh, my temporary assistant, went running out and brought you back this Starbucks coffee and they filled it up. As far as- I mean, if I had a photo, I, if I had a camera, I'd take a photo of it. It is completely right up to the rim. Yeah. Uh, well, let me put it this way. David's hands are bandaged. <laughs> <laughs> he does have third degree chemical burns from your seriously, coffee. Seriously. You're not going to be able to drink that without spilling. Do you think the thinking is, let's just give him a lot. Let's just give this this guy as much. Like the mentality of a lot of foods and re, a lot of food and restaurants. Yes. I have a brother who loves that idea. He loves the concept of, look how much I get. All you can eat. <laughs> just fill that plate. I mean, it's what they do at Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Oh my God. You, okay, good. I'm going to feel better when How'd you get I do? some of that. You did yeah. pretty well. That is, a, that is the fullest cup of coffee I've ever seen. And it's terrifying to watch you try to drink it without uh, being burned. How would this have gone down in your in, in the O'Brien family across the table if, the, if your mom had heard this? Oh my God. My yeah. mother Bad, right? was, she was Margaret Dumont from the Marx Brothers movies. The reason <laughs> I'm in comedy is my mother, there were six kids and our grandmother and uh, my dad and dogs and parrots. And she was always saying, now listen here. Now see here. <laughs> and that would always make me want to wa- uh, act like either Groucho Marx or Harpo or one of the Three Stooges. Me. Oh, so oh my God, is that your phone? Yeah, this is really important. That's hilarious. Hold on, it's Biden. Just a minute. Joe. <laughs> you, can't, you can't pretend to talk into the phone while it's still ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, Mr. President. <laughs> so Biden's playing. Congratulations. Playing the acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a Gibson? Hey, all right. Uh, congratulations on the infrastructure. Um, I think we talked about this. When that would happen, Margaret Dumont or whomever, like yeah. my friends would come in and they'd do impressions like, they'd do the thing. There were certain comedies where I was locked in, man. I just thought we're so good. And I thought, how come I'm not laughing at those things? And one of them was the Three Stooges. I didn't oh, yeah. get it, but when they, I never laugh. But what didn't does in retrospect make me laugh is when the actors, the other actors on the on an episode of the Three, three Stooges, the Three Stooges would be doing insane things to one another, like right. abusing one another. But the other actors would had to play. So uh, someone like a yes. Margaret Dumont would go. I think there was actually an episode where she said something like, "Now we'll be gone for three days." Make sure you take good care of the house and our daughters or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After they just smacked each other and poked each other's eyes. Yes, and yes. She They're, would say, yeah, these guys are good enough to watch the house. Yes. Well, I, that's <laughs> the most amazing thing to me. And I, you know, I am endlessly fascinated with it. And it's in all comedy, but especially The Three Stooges is a great example of it where it's a very, very wealthy person yeah. having a big, important party. Yes. And they call <laughs> the three biggest idiots in the world. And they always demonstrate within seconds of showing up. Silly, well, you know, right. within seconds, within seconds, they've broken five things. And she says, well, be that as it may, uh, my priceless collection of clocks is upstairs and I hope you'll repair it. Yeah, sure, smack, smash, smack. You know, and like, no, 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 no. You'd say, I think you should go. There's been a mistake. There's been a mistake. And, and also, why are those fucking guys even in the phone book? Why are the Three Stooges in the Yellow Pages? Exactly. And, you know, I love, I always think of, would the Three Stooges survive? Because every, in the era of Yelp reviews, would the Three Stooges survive in an era where people were giving ratings? Because right. you'd go on Yelp and you'd say, right. I want to hire the Three Stooges to do my plumbing. And the first one would be, I hired these three jackasses. They hit and slap each other, then destroyed my house and leveled it. I've called the police, but we can't find them. A Three, a three Stooges Yelp Yeah, It's like, such like, a great idea. That's what it should be. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. 
I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform. And one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis. NetSuite.com slash Conan. There's a million things we could talk about, and I feel like a, a million points of commonality. Like, I know that you were also a huge Jimmy Cagney fan yeah. growing up. And this is a thing that people don't understand, I think, today as much, but- when we're coming up, they didn't have enough television. I know that sounds crazy today, right. but there wasn't enough television. Right. They, they made some primetime television, but then there was all these other hours. And so what they would do is they would fill, especially local television, with old movies. Yeah. So when I was young, I was watching and there was nothing to do. I was watching Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah. I was watching, uh, you know, I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Uh, that was what I thought show business was. Yeah. The only difference is it was 1975. I didn't know. No, show business now is Led Zeppelin. But I was looking at these guys from the 30s. Right. And I thought to be an entertainer, I had to know how to tap dance. And I also thought that I had to be able to talk like this, like, yeah. hey there, hey there, uh, Michael, what do you hear? What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Where's the Padre? Let's go upstairs. Right, you know, right, sort right, of that right. Johnny Dangerously uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. way of talking. And I thought that was necessary. Yeah. Most of the movies I saw were, were on a television screen, mm -hmm. not not at a movie theater because we had one car. My dad usually worked two jobs, have all these kids. My dad had the car. So we were just wherever we were and the car was elsewhere. And so it's not like we were going to the movies all the time. Occasionally we would. But I, I saw everything on a um, uh, on a television screen like that. And yeah. I also was attracted to that stuff because that was what was on. 
you know, and man, there's so many things to talk about. Like I was also used to like John Garfield. Yeah. Because yeah. he was kind of like the underdog guy, you know, he wasn't kicking on that snap and Garfield always, he always like, was like, it was like long suffering or something yeah. like, you know, that's really where that whole thing I used to do about lying, but thirties movies, forties movies lying came from where John Garfield did it better than anybody. But if you go, uh, uh, I'll tell you, I, I never knew anything. I never, uh, what horse? I never knew it about. Why'd you say a horse, Johnny? And I go, ah, uh, well, I, uh, I read about it. I read about it. Look, <laughs> he's trying the idea out yeah. on people. I read about it in the paper. Yeah. Yeah. And then he likes the, uh, likes it. Yeah, sure. That's it. I, uh, I read about it in the paper. That's all. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So I've, I've also loved that it would happen in, uh, you saw it all the time. Even when I was growing up on soap operas, not that I liked soap operas, but literally when there was nothing else to watch, on television, people would, you'd come into a room and I would go like, you. And then you'd look at me and say, not happy to see me, Conan. And I'd go, uh, uh, no, Michael. <laughs> Uh, delighted to see you. Uh, I have a seat. And you're in real, you know, on the show, you're like, oh, good. Yeah, good to see you too, Conan. Right. But in real life, you'd be, no, why, what, the, what why was that all about? Exactly. What was that all about? And then you would never forget it. And you would lose my number. And, and, you, would, and you would tell your friends, he did this weird thing the other day. <laughs> oh, Michael Keaton, eh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> I love that stuff. But you know what's so funny is that you had I talked earlier about your arc and it really fascinates me because I don't know where you got the moxie to use if we're gonna talk about old language yeah. or the balls, but talking about new language. You started out yeah, you started <laughs> in a more out, sophisticated language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you start out and um you establish yourself as this comic actor and then and people don't know this now because your your role or your performance was so uh, iconic that at the time I remember when they said, "Well, we got a new we, the guy who's going to play the new Batman is Michael Keaton." Yeah, and people acted as if they had just made a dog president. Yeah, they That's acted like not that they had anything against you. They just thought this is no, he can't be yeah. Batman. This is impossible. Yeah. It's a complete impossibility, and now. In a way, and I don't mean just in a way, but you and and working with with Tim Burton, you guys reimagined what a superhero yeah. could be, and that's what the superheroes have been for the last thirty yeah. years. How crazy is that? But at the time, oh man, Tim. I mean, we were all uh, out on a limb. But you're right. At that time, when that happened, and you have to credit Tim for, and to me and Tim, we went. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? And I said, yeah, I get it. What do you think? I think he's this guy, don't you? And we had a long discussion about who that guy really is, which was based on on, on the Dark Knight mm -hmm. series that, that changed everything. And so at the time, I just remember thinking, wait, I'm not even offended. Like, what do you mean? I can't? It was more of, I, I can't believe people think about this that much. Honestly, I went, right. Right. What what would it matter anyway? Who's sitting around thinking about that? And then then I started to think. You mean the fans who were up in arms about how can this yes. comic uh, actor the, uh, play Batman? Yeah. In a serious Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, and I remember at the time there being this huge disconnect with people. And I I lived through, through something kind of like that when I uh, replaced David Letterman. Oh man. I had the feeling of your response was I didn't think people cared that much. I knew people cared, and I kind of agreed with them. <laughs> like, my response was, yeah, I don't think I should replace David Letterman either. That guy's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and who am I? But you uh, hadn't thought of it until they brought it up, right? You probably yeah. thought, no, I, I want to do something pretty good at it. I'd like to give it a shot. And then they, went, then they did what they did, and you went, oh, geez, okay. What happens is everybody's uh, thinking changes retroactively. Yeah. So now, oh, my God, yeah. Right. Michael Keaton, Batman, actually the Batman. And then there are all these Batmans after that, but you're in the firmament of like, no, you were the guy that brought it back and right. redefined what the, what the action hero is. I wish more people would say, I got to say at the time, yeah. I thought it was absolutely stupid. And Michael Keaton and Tim Burton proved me absolutely wrong. But no one says that. No, no one's going to say that. I know. And you know what's interesting? Because now I'm out talking about it because I went and did The Flash. And I almost have more of an appreciate. Well, I do have more of an appreciation of 
because it's become such a cultural thing. And then let's be honest, you have to add the corporate element to mm-hmm. it. The just just the massive monetary part of all of it, not just all the Marvel stuff and all the stuff. You, the so you, fran- it's a franchise. There's yes. merchandising. Yes. There's. I mean, it's like ExxonMobil deciding where to put an oil rig. Yeah. Really, it's not yeah. as simple as we're going to make a new no. Batman or we're going to make a, a new Flash or we have a new idea for Superman. People are saying that this is billions of dollars. Billions upon billions. And so, therefore, you look at it and go, okay, it is so much a thing that I have to – not that it happened yesterday. I've slowly kind of come around. And I went, yeah, okay. And oddly – I appreciate it more in some weird way. I go, well, this is really a thing. I mean, not that I didn't think it was, I knew it was risky and I knew we could fail terribly and I was glad it worked and I knew Tim was a pioneer in this stuff. But now that I do, I go, wow, this is kind of extraordinary that it is such a thing culturally that I now look at it differently and in, in, in an odd way, not, not with more respect, just I take it a little more seriously. I, I think, okay, well, it is, this is big and I think I'm pretty good at it. So don't be a jerk. Don't, don't just kind of not blow it up. Don't, don't not take it serious. First of all, I don't know how to not take things too seriously sometimes, but I look at it oddly differently now. And mm-hmm. and I, it's kind of hard to explain. And so when I went to do it, I really, in in some ways enjoyed it more because I kind of had it another perspective on it. Once you go to work, you just show up and go, what's the scene? How? What do you think? What right. do you want to do here? Blah, blah, blah. Should I come in like that? Whatever. You do all that. But I didn't expect that really. And not that I expected to go, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to pick up a chick because I'm kind of incapable. I'm too afraid that I'll screw things up. If I, The only reason I don't phone things in, I'm just afraid I'll screw it up too much yeah. and be embarrassed. Yeah. I think you, time has to go by. To get I, it. I just now made my peace with my early career and it's taken years and years and years for people to be able to look back and go, okay, yeah, you worked hard and yeah. it worked out well and yeah. um, good, yeah. good. I couldn't, I'd had no access to any of that in the like 90s yeah, <laughs> or even the early 2000s. I just couldn't access it, but- Could be an Irish it, thing too though, by the way. Yeah. Could be a thing like, ah, eh, you know, you're not so hot. You're not so, you know, that's- Oh thing. God, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Don't go talking about yourself too much. Yeah, yeah. and you do it to yourself. Yeah. The voice is in you saying- yeah. Oh, oh, pretty fancy, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Played Batman, yeah. did you? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Who, who yeah. is this? Why does it sound like my father? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is this? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> you know, it's also, it's, uh, I mean, that role, that Batman role has it, you were able to figure it out so well for yourself. And it's been such a trap for other people. Like, it, it's such a tricky thing. Uh, you know, really like, tricky. there's just, uh, I watched a documentary the other day about Val Kilmer and who I admire. He's obviously a very talented guy, but man, that was a, that was a nightmare for him replacing you. And he loathed every second of it. And it's a similar suit and everything. It's just, it couldn't, he couldn't find his way through it. And he'll admit that, you know, and, and uh, it's been so painful for other people. I wouldn't want to walk in after that, not regardless of who that was, because you go, well, now I got that burden. I'm just a guy who just wants to be good. He, he's a good actor and just was a guy who wanted to be good in something, but somebody was laying all that stuff on him, man. I'd never want to walk into that situation. I mean, I guess the, the luxury I had was I go, yeah, I know how I'm going to play it. And I don't know. I think we're right. And Tim and I, and we just said, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's commit. Let's, let's make it. So I didn't have the burden of having to be compared to anybody else who, you know, you know, short of, uh, um, you know, the television, uh, version. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, kind of a, yeah, no one went to the theater thinking, yeah, what's his take going to be on Adam West performance? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much as I love right. Adam West and I worked with Adam West, right. I was friends with Adam West, but yeah. uh, no, no one, yeah. <laughs> no one at no. the time thought, well, wait a minute. How does this figure into the '60s TV show? Like, yeah. Hey, what so- about Burt Ward? <laughs> <laughs> we need a very heavy middle-aged Robin uh, to help Batman in this scene. Um, but then I'm going to go further than that because what I find so nice about your career and why I said earlier it's got to be very nice to be Michael Keaton is that you're now in this situation where you created enough space for yourself and what you can do 
that no one questions anything. You know, you can do Birdman. You, you look at that performance, which I absolutely loved, and uh, that that was my favorite movie that year. And your performance, that was my favorite performance that year. And I just thought you've created so much space for yourself that you can do that. You can also uh, play a reporter who's investigating child abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watched your uh, your film, your upcoming film, The Protege, yeah. last night, where you're battling Maggie Q in these great fight scenes, but yeah. also being an a, a excellent villain where I can't quite figure you out. Yeah. I don't hate you, but I should hate you, but you're really likable. Maggie Q's character should hate you and wants to kill you, but also likes you. There's something going on there. And I think you have created a world where you can do whatever you want, that which you, is very rare. Really rare. I mean, I know I'm breathing rarefied air. I know I'm in a tiny percentile. And you hit it. I don't think I've heard anybody put it like that. And I'm not quite thought – that is it. You created created the space, you know. So you're right. I, I, I don't really know. But, but as you were saying that, there was some kind of image popped in my head where people <laughs> – there must be some offices where somebody has a script and go, I don't know. And they just go – I don't know, throw it to him, see what happens, you know? Yep. Uh, um, and because what have we got to lose? That That's kind of, I mean, it's an unbelievable situation to be in for me who has a low boredom uh, level. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. I created the space or a space was created where I can now afford to do this kind of stuff. Like, look at this movie, The Protégé. I mean, it's fun. First of all, when I read the script, I went, oh, this is kind of, this is good. I mean, this setup is – there's a great setup with Sam Jackson and mm-hmm. Maggie. And I go, oh, this could be really cool. And have I ever done that? And I went, I don't think I ever did that. And also, can I get away with that? Can yeah. I pull that fucker off? Because I'm not going to get a chance at this again. Once you've done Mr. Mom and then you carve out all this other crazy space for yourself with Beetlejuice, then – uh Batman, and I think right after the Batman's uh, two movies, you were you carved out space for yourself because I saw you starting to play darker roles. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw you uh, in a movie that I really loved. I'm blank on the name, but it was took place in uh, San Francisco, Pacific Heights. Yeah, yeah. Pacific Heights. Yeah. and you were so menacing. And then you tackle okay addiction. You think okay, once you've done all that, and still relatively early in your career, yeah. You've laid down the gauntlet and said, I defy you to find something I can't take a shot at. Do you know what I mean? First of all, those those are just two movies that people said, uh, Pacific Heights and uh, Clean and Sober, mm, I don't, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And I went, yeah, I'm, I kind of think I'm going to though. You know, um, and, and those are the perfect examples because there were, you know, there's no real money. First of all, Pacific Heights was directed by John Schlesinger, Midnight Cowboy, yep. ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, how do you not say, man, I, first of all, I want to do it just because I want to ask him a bunch of questions about Midnight Cowboy. And he was a, he was a wonderful director. So, so you're in business with a real movie maker, a real filmmaker. So don't, don't do something stupid just to do it, but don't just go make mistakes. Don't think about them, whether they're mistakes or not. Just, just go. Right. Because- if it speaks to you, try it. Because you you yeah. only have a limited amount of time to do it, so just do it. And you're right; no one's really sitting around thinking about you. You're thinking about you. You think people are thinking about you, so just go do it. Because the it's going to be a quicker route. Just yes. go. Oh, fuck that up. Okay, I won't do that. like the hand on the stove. Ain't doing that again. Um, I want to make sure that I also get this in because this speaks to kind of the theme of what I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. And I swear to God, I could do 35 hours talking to you. I admire you that much. And I wow, think thanks. we have a lot uh, in common uh, uh, and and a lot to talk about. So you'll just have to come back 34 times. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was looking at even just the things that the projects that you're working on now and this idea that you've created space for yourself, what, the work you're doing in Protégé and then the work you're doing on this limited series, Dope Sick, is yeah. completely yeah. 180 degrees apart. It, yeah. You know, which I think is kind of fascinating because you're tackling there, – there's a light comedic aspect along with thriller and action adventure in, in Protégé. And then in Dope Sick, you're talking about the opioid crisis. Yeah, based on the book. Dope sick. Yeah. And I'm going to, so since we're talking, I'll just throw this in as well. I'm also, uh, and I'm an exec producer on that and I'm an exec producer on, which 
sometimes means nothing, by the way, right. but on uh, worth, which is mm-hmm. based on the Ken Feinberg. Yep. And actually, Ken Feinberg had written a book based on the you know Victims' Compensation Fund 9-11. Man, you and I – someday I'll yeah. come in. You and I will just talk about that alone. But, but you know – I would love to do that. I mean, any – Seriously. You know, I, that, will, I will uh, – No, I mean even 9-11. Not even, the, not even me in a movie about right. 9-11. Just not – that's a whole other thing. So I am doing those things and I love – I really love those things. They mean something to me I, and I'm not going to act like they don't and I'm not going to act like I I thought, well, they just kind of happened. They they didn't just kind of happen. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm not on any kind of mission exactly but I'm blessed that I have this op- – honestly, I don't, I don't throw the word blessed around. I'm truly like – I have great fortune that I – have a job where I can do something that someone can watch and it could conceivably change something somewhere down the line. You know, I have a personal situation with dope sick because I lost my nephew to fentanyl. Mm-hmm. I mean, people say heroin, but it was really fentanyl. So, so there was a reason, a personal reason why I wanted to do this, but I would not have done it if it wasn't really well written and great, like Danny Strong behind it, the great, great people behind it. I want, don't want to act like that and and worth meant a lot means a lot to me because I was like you and everybody really the nine eleven thing just changed me in certain ways about how I l- look at things it just yeah, shook yeah. me and like everybody I'm not in it, and it didn't shake me any more than it shook anyone else. There's a it, dividing line I think for all of us. There's pre nine eleven and post nine eleven. Yeah, we had a glimpse at. Maybe this is how the real world works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe I thought I knew how the real world works, but maybe I'm seeing something now that you know. But that's a whole other conversation. So yeah, I have these things, and I'm I'm glad to be out. Talk- I admit that I'm out talking about them and talking about them with you because it's all great stuff. I'm glad I I'm I'm in a cool spot now, man. I'm digging it. Uh, it's a lot of work. This is like a breath of fresh air to come and do this stuff. Um, I'm blown away by all this. First of all, we've covered so much ground. And that in I'm a relatively short there. time. How do you like this? I love this. You're, this I thought because you know what I would say something. I can't. I can't do this, um, which I think deep down is what I've always wanted to do. I loved doing the late night show all the years, twenty eight years of doing that show. I loved it, and then the minute I started doing this, I thought, Why was I? Doing I something? get to really talk to people. Yeah. And yeah. um, and also, do you know how long it takes them to make me up? You've got sort of more dark I- Irish. I've got. Yeah, I'm the. <laughs> I'm an invisible model of a human being. You know where you see the circulatory system. You're just, translucent. So not doing the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love doing this, and yeah. this is. I have to say this too. This is not a day at work to sit here and talk to you for an hour and shoot the shit and compare notes is an absolute joy for me. Thank it really you. is. And Thanks. so uh and 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 an honor. So um the idea that this is also a gig is absurd to me. It yeah. shouldn't be a gig. It should just be something I force people to do for my pleasure. <laughs> well thank you. This is only the second one I've done, I think I did Mark Marin right. this and I really like it. I do. I enjoy yeah. I, I'm not just saying this to be nice, but this is more fun. This is more interesting. Well first of all it depends on who you're sitting across from. But but you there's something easier about this. I can't put my finger on it. And I thought when I heard you were doing this, I thought, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. This must no. be a huge sigh of relief for you to go. I love this. Yeah. 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 Because I'm I am i am thinking of getting one myself. Well, no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> okay. But, All right. Uh, no, I'll crush you. Yeah. I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of <laughs> yeah. Don't come near podcasting, Michael. You've had so much. Why do you need to take this away? Yeah. Why? Mine would be based on like I had someone the other day asked someone how they met. And I thought, uh all kidding aside, somebody did say, Hey, do you think you have a podcast? And I think my immediate thing was, Yeah. And then I thought, no, I probably don't. <laughs> I probably don't have yeah. one. One was how do you meet? And I thought, yeah, that wouldn't be because someone said, I get tired of people asking me how you meet. And I thought, well, there's there's some bad starts to the question of how'd you two kids meet, by the way? You're such yeah, a yeah. cute couple. How'd you guys meet? And a bad start would be, well, uh, Connie was just coming off of pretty serious yeast infection. And, uh, 
I'm in this strip club. And I thought, (laughs) can I ask her out? (laughs) And I decided, yes, I can. Yeah. And she said, yes. Yeah. Well, I was just given a restraining order. (laughs) And then, (laughs) but I got it overturned and she said, okay. Yeah. Great stories of how we met. Um, well, let's, let's do this again sometime whenever you want, whenever you want, anytime and stay off my street. Yeah. You're creeping me out. Okay, dude. Thanks, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. This has meaning for me. Okay. Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries. Oh, I just, it was like Oppenheimer. (laughs) I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil, and not kidding. He is two years older than me. We are grown ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. Oh my God. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Captain Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> But when they came up with Oops All Berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh, my God. Peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch. Now at a retailer near you and learn more at captaincrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. You can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. Sounds pretty good, huh? Doesn't it, Sona? I, I like that. Yeah, you like it. This means you can earn on what you want, like trying out the new workout class mm. and uh, 2% cash rewards and what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. You're always asking about a foam roller. Yeah, I love to work out. And use a foam roller. And That's the beauty. Foam it up. That's foam it up. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. I don't know where they come up with these things. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Well, this is exciting. Uh, Our own Matt Gorley uh, has... I believe some important news to relate to us, Matt. The floor is yours. Well, it looks like the family here is going to get a little bit bigger. Coming in on the heels of Sona's twin boys, uh, looks like my wife and I are having a baby as well. Congratulations! Yay! That is really exciting. Thank you. That's what I actually knew that. Is, I know we knew. We knew. We yeah. both knew. And I'm a bad actor, so yeah. you, I just anyone <laughs> I listening who heard me and just went, "Oh, congratulations! Good for you." I'm realizing now that sounds awful. Yeah, uh, it's because I knew already, and I've known for some time. But this is the first time that you're telling uh, the listening public. That's right. It's far enough along. In fact, we're not that far out. But I've known for so long that I had to be a bad actor that, Sona, when you announced you had twins on the way, I wasn't going to obviously rain on that parade. But I knew about my child on the way, but couldn't say anything. And just, you know, it's, it's interesting how you have to do that. But wow. So Conan... We're going to be gone with children. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be alone. Well, here's- We planned it. I hope this this comes across the right way, but I pay you guys to podcast, not to have babies. (laughs) What's going on here? Seriously. Everyone's like, oh, thanks for the check, Conan. (laughs) They do come regularly. Oh, and something else. My partner and I had sex and babies are coming. (laughs) And- We're going to leave you. Uh, But we still want those checks. Now, that seems unreasonable to me. Uh, Now You're deflating it a little bit. I don't think so. I think think there's just a little bit of deflation happening. This is a joyous occasion. You're talking about our paychecks. 
Well, I'm just trying to understand how this works from a business point of view. And I'd like to go over, I'd like to talk to some of the people in charge of the podcast, your, you know, your Adam Sachs, uh, various accountants that hard at work the show. They may say, well, this doesn't make sense from a, when you go to business school, they don't tell you about this, you know? <laughs> now, I say that as someone who never went to business school, but yeah. I used to walk around the business school sometimes, try and meet people. What? I was asked to leave. Why? Uh, I just thought it would be... Well, those people went to business school. They might know stuff and I could hang out with them. Oh, it didn't happen. That's it was, weird. Yeah, it, was, it was very weird. And it was a bad period of my life. I was a business school groupie. I didn't go. I just hung out near the library. <laughs> but wow. my point is, I don't think this is part of the organizational Team Coco flowchart. Well, like Sona said, we plan this. And, and we also know that my daughter's going to grow up to marry one, if not both of her sons. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen then? So you're having a, a girl? Is that what you said? That's right. That's yeah. that's great. That's Work. So I, you, you're going to be gone, right? Because you're going to be helping uh, your wife, Amanda, take care of your new child, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. But maybe we'll be staggered, actually. Maybe Sona will be back because- our due date's not till September, late September. And again, I hate to, maybe Adam, if you could just jump in for a second. Do they get paid while they're on, what oh is it called? What, how does it it's work? It's maternity and paternity leave. What yes. is it? What's the deal? The problem is that parental leave protections are really strong in California. So as far as I understand, they they really can just- The problem. Yeah. gone as long as they want. <laughs> have we, it's a problem. No, no, but Adam's on the, Adam is on the right track. He knows, ex he knows exactly. Uh, okay, yes, it is problematic. And I'm sure that there are these, quote, laws on the books. Uh, but if we've learned anything- over the past few years with a good lawyer. I mean, have there been challenges? Oh my God. This is interesting because I'm an independent contractor and I had no idea that this was even an option. So I'm glad this is getting on record. Yeah. <laughs> Conan did- Wait a minute. I, I I think our, oh, our lawyer. Oh, great. Our lawyer is available. He's oh, coming in now. Shit. Uh-oh. Hey, you, you don't have to pay it if you don't want it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is your lawyer? <laughs> Uh, hey, you don't have to pay it if you don't want to pay it. Oh I object. Just don't pay it. It's not something you have to pay. So it's not. So, oh, by the way, I should probably introduce uh, my lawyer. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is Jason Giacometti. Uh, oh, God. Jason, so you think it's, it's crazy. They're not working. They're just helping, they're just helping uh, raise their own kids. <laughs> I know. It just that's the only part that seemed weird to me. Is there a way to maybe put them on a reduced pay? I think we could probably make that case. Okay, Jason Giacometti, you're an incredible lawyer and um a very good boxer in the 70s. <laughs> uh, you fought in Philadelphia uh and uh against um incredible fighter uh for the title and you almost won, but you you stuck by Adrian. Uh just uh just think you don't have to pay it. Oh, God. All right. Well, I'm glad our lawyer was able to cut in and talk to us briefly. I Here's the thing. Yeah. I, I know you guys think I'm doing a bit, and, and to a degree I am. I'm huh. doing like a bit and some shtick. But then it does, I do get confused. Like, how long do you think you'll be gone, Sona? Would you be gone like- A year? What are you yeah, fucking talking right. about? <laughs> yeah. You're not yeah, gone for I'll a probably year. Be two. For paternity leave is typically longer, so yeah. I'll be two years. Yeah. My mother had six children in four years <laughs> and she took no time off. Oh my God. Babies were just flying out left and right. And then my, my mother was constantly uh, back to work. That's what it was like when I was growing up. Oh no one God. said a child is born and wise men gather and bring frankincense and myrrh, whatever that is. <laughs> and uh, that's when people, that's back when people got excited about a spice. Can you imagine today if someone was born and you showed up at the door? I brought you some spice. <laughs> what? I brought paprika and cumin. <laughs> that's what you better send us. I brought paprika and cumin <laughs> and some basil leaves. Okay. Well, my, uh, this other person showed up with a really nice. Uh, Pram from Britain, and this person gave us a uh, baby Bjorn, and this person gave us a, well, I brought spice, because that's what's in the Bible. Oh well, my God. I, um, You've had two kids. Yeah, I took no time off. Well, I but don't, didn't you want time off? Uh, it was kind of crazy, you know. Come on. Oh. She wasn't sleeping, the babies, <laughs> and I was like, well, if I don't, 
interview Tim Robbins, who will? <laughs> I guess the option is we could not take time off and just do these remote recordings holding our babies up to the mic. Yeah, isn't the there a way? Yes, that's my other question. As long as you're holding the baby, you're, quote, being a good parent. And I'm sure you're a digital whiz, Gorley, with, with your sonic abilities. Can't you remove their crying and fussing uh, digitally? Oh, my God. No, no. Mm-mm. No, no. If you're not going to give us leave, these babies are going to be there. Going to be three babies screaming at the top of their lungs yeah. during the entire interview with the next Obama. What if I have to breastfeed? You'd get very yeah, awkward if I like had a thing around me and then was breastfeeding. You, you don't because even like me saying com- cervix. In today, stop it! Don't say cervix. <laughs> it's never been proven there is such a thing. <laughs> Science is st- the the jury's still out on that. Oh, geez. There's no cervix. There's no such thing. Uterus. Placenta. Like the female orgasm, it is but a myth. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about you guys leaving me because we make such a good trio. Um, you know, me being sort of the alpha. But you guys, <laughs> what? whatever. I'm the sun and you're these, uh, but you're very good planets that revolve around me and um oh my God. lifeless planets small mm. often why yeah. would we ever want time off from this <laughs> I, know, I know i can't wait for this baby to come i know i can't wait I you guys are going to induce, induce labor yeah. early <laughs> why would you want to induce get... at seven months trust me <laughs> we work with amanda's a monster. pregnant again it's two months after she just gave birth well let me be uh in a rare moment of sincerity uh i love both you guys and i'm very excited for both of you. You're going to be amazing parents. I do resent that you get this thing called paid leave. Uh, still don't get that. I will, again, look into it, uh, but I will decide for now to pretend to be gracious about it. <laughs> um, and uh, But I'm really excited, and uh, I promise that even without the two of you who are so great, uh, leaving temporarily will we'll keep the fun coming here Ed Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I will not let you down. I will not let you down, even though I've been betrayed by two of my cohorts and their need to procreate. <laughs> Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.